0: Hello and welcome back to the Gucci podcast. Coming of age and female friendships are a subject personal to every woman. And these themes are at the heart of the new Gucci fragrance, Bloom Acqua di Fiori. Gucci selected 15 women creatives to tell their story of these ideas through art and words. And the resulting original works were posted on Gucci's Instagram. For this episode, produced in partnership with Man Repeller and their podcast, Monocycle, Host, Leandra Medin, sits down with three of the artists, Emma Allegretti, Joy Miesi, and Amber Vittoria, in an eccentric Brooklyn apartment to talk about their work for Gucci.
1: Ka-ching, ching bling, bling, bling! This episode of Monocycle is brought to you by Gucci, who just launched a new fragrance called Bloom Acqua di Fiori. I mean, fiore. Hello and welcome back to Monocycle, a podcast by Man Repeller, hosted by Leandra Medine and sometimes Cohen. That's me. It's been a while. I'm still not accustomed to socializing, so I apologize on my own behalf, but no one else's. But today is particularly special because I'm actually in conversation with three different women, all of which artists, who were tapped by Gucci to create these incredible illustrations, works of art, whatever you want to call them, in celebration of their new fragrance, Bloom Acqua di Fiori. The first is Joy Miesi, she's from London. The second is Emma Allegretti from Rome. And the last one whose byline you might recognize from Man Repeller is Amber Vittoria. We're gonna take it away with joy. Oh, joy. Can you tell me a little bit about the art that you made for the Bloom Acqua di Fiori, Fiore opportunity? So. Yes. My mom's from Italy, I'm allowed to do that.
2: Oh no! <laughs> so the fragrance, um, I took a lot of aspects from it. So the color, the, like all the florals and tried to incorporate that into like the work that I made. So mm-hmm. I stuck to my very like tradition, well, traditional way of working. So I'm very like hands-on um, drawing, collaging, like cutting shapes out. And that's how I came with my final piece. Yeah, my final piece. It sounds, it sounds very simple, but actually it took me a while to do. How long did it um, take? I guess, cause I made quite a few versions. I was like, nope, nope. No, and I just know when something gets finished so I worked on it for quite a bit of time um and I used um this place called Hampstead Heath which I'm not sure if you've been before but it's in London and it's just like this really nice like park which is like spans out for quite a while with ponds and I grew up there and like played there and like even now as an adult I just like lay in the grass there and do nothing and I feel like good at the end of the (laughs) day so I use that as like the main inspiration because I take like all of my friends there and just like have some really like good intimate conversations with them there.
1: What do you want people to see when they look at the piece?
2: I want them to see maybe some kind of relationship with them and someone in their life. I want them to have that kind of connection or to spark up a memory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I would... Well,
1: memory is kind of a theme in your art, right?
2: I would say my work is basically like thinking backwards, thinking of things That happened in the past, or like basing things on photographs. I use all of those memories to make my work now. And the main reason why I do it is because, like, I mean, a lot of those memories bring me joy, so I don't want to forget that. And Mm -hmm. my memory is like slowly, like, I just forget some small things, like, immediately. But having these artworks as like a way of making that permanent. Like, this exists as a, a visual piece, and when I look back at it, like I remember the story right. that I'm talking about. But to others, it may not be so clear. It might mean something else, yeah. which is fine, and I like that. But to me, it brings up one clear story. Particular.
1: It's probably even more than just the story because you can take a photo and feel like you're freezing memories, right? Yeah, but... that's, I like freezing memories, that sounds good, yeah. So <laughs> because the theme of bloom is, is a central word obviously in the new Gucci fragrance, can I ask when you feel like you came into your own as an artist, when you bloomed, when you blossomed? I guess it's hard for me to see that but my friend brought it up
2: one time and just uh, used the word blossomed exactly. Really? It made me cringe at the time, but it was sweet. It was really sweet. And I would say after I left university, I didn't really know what I was doing like what to do. It was just like, uh. yeah. So leaving and then having to find out things on my own and meeting all these like really amazing like artists and creators in London. That helped me like, be more confident and like, really like, work more, and they gave me like, a really good sense of support, so I'd say that was me blooming.
1: Yeah. Oh, see, the reason I like that is because I totally feel like in order to be yourself or find yourself, you need like, very serious and legitimate space. Like I never took any time off because I started Man Repeller when I was still in school and then it it became a business so quickly and so this this time, my maternity leave, is
0: Uh, the first
1: time since like the summer before college that I've taken a break. Does it feel a bit weird to like... I feel like I'm learning so many things about myself and I'm like, oh, I forgot that I'm like this or that I'm capable of this or that I don't actually have... A, an anxiety-depression issue. I just am very overwhelmed all the time. Do you feel mm. like your upbringing or family has affected your work in any capacity? Definitely,
2: definitely. Like, my both my parents are Congolese. Um, they, I would say, like, like my family as a whole have a very strong sense of fashion. <laughs> um, not necessarily, like, my taste, but really, mm-hmm. like, bold, bright colors and patterns. and. Um, going to like my grandma's house for the first time in Congo like visually it was like amazing like bright pink walls and like blue text above the door it was like an art piece, piece in itself I like, bet. I just thought it was like amazing to see that and so many houses like that so I would say being surrounded in those kind of environments has really affected like the aesthetic mm-hmm. of my work I use a lot of like Bright colours that may not necessarily like, go, but putting yeah. something like orange and red can look quite nice on a piece, um, or like yellow and like a green, like I just like colour clashing.
1: So, are you first generation English?
2: Yeah, first generation. Yeah.
1: That's cool. Yeah. I'm first generation American. Oh. Hmm. Don't you feel like it impacts almost everything yeah, you
2: do and yeah, how you see the world? I felt there's a little bit of a a feeling that. When I go there, I can feel like this is home, but also like this isn't fully where I am Mm -hmm. because I wasn't born there. But then also being in London, like this is home, but also sometimes being made to feel like this isn't home. Uh So it's like that weird floating (laughs) feeling of like, where do I really belong? (laughs) Yeah.
1: So neither of your parents are from the UK. You're first generation. Yeah, first generation. Um, My parents are from Congo. You were growing up and navigating life with your parents? Yeah,
2: so I see it as like in the house, it felt very much like a Congolese upbringing. So Uh I grew up on like a lot of like traditional foods. Which made you probably feel
1: very different at school, right? Yeah,
2: because then like, we'd have stuff like bangers and mash, and it just, I wouldn't, like it and uh-huh. i became known as like a picky eater at school right. but it was actually just i was adjusting to that palette and it was just like so new to me mm-hmm. um um growing up now i'm trying You're to like, sorry, like get a get balance spices. of like <laughs> yeah. well we have this thing called pilly pilly it's actually too hot for me to have right we have it in a little jar like my mum will just always have that yeah
1: um, i'm sure yeah. that's impacted
2: your work in many ways too definitely uh, i'd say language as well um, uh-huh. that's been like a big a big thing because even talking to my mum, she thinks in French, even right. though that's not her first language, but speaks to us in English. Yeah. And it's just like, there's a lot of different like voices and mm-hmm. languages within our house and within our family. So I'd say all of those things influence my work. And yeah. I do the similar thing where I write down notes and just small things that like my mum has said um, and use that in my work.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of the themes of the fragrance is vitality. Mm -hmm. Do you, you know, we're talking so much about inspiration and what inspires you. Do you feel like vitality and inspiration can be considered the same thing?
2: I guess maybe I see it as, yeah, it can link. I'd Uh say it can link. Like I get inspiration from all the things that are around me and my mood and vitality, I guess, would influence how I intake those things does that make sense at all? Yeah, is that really an artist's way to say that? <laughs> but I guess they do actually intertwine. Yeah, but very different. Do
1: you yeah. have a big community in the UK?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like I would say, like the the art community, like mm-hmm. DIY scene is absolutely amazing. Like if you can't get that like exhibition space that you want, we'll find something else. We'll do a pop up, or somebody will know, like somebody. Who has this thing right. that you want or you can just ask somebody hey like over instagram just put hey um i really like this can you tell me where you made these from or could you give me advice and they'll just like straight away just tell you it feels like everyone supports each other Yeah. But um, well, at least from like my experience it's felt like that and so i would say that community has definitely helped me like grow as an artist and um, see each other less as, like, competition but rather just as, like, yeah. all artists as friends and hanging out and just really, we all kind of want to make it.
1: How many communities would you say you're a part of?
2: Um, ooh, so... I mean, I imagine, like, the art- artists' communities. There's a group uh-huh. of um, artists that do, like, portraiture and I hang out with yeah. them, even though my work is, like, more, like, abstract. Right. Um, there's this group called Babes, like BBZ. And I hang out with them, the like, group of like queer black women who throw exhibitions and absolutely amazing work. Uh-huh. I hang out with them. And, like, so that's support. an art community too. Yeah, it's an, I'd say there's lots of different types of art communities. Outside of that, I feel like art is my whole life. So it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm like, apart from like hanging out with my family, my mom, right. if that counts as well.
1: But I bet you feel like that community, the art community is like really your community yeah. because it's the one that you built for yourself.
2: Yeah. And I feel like I fit in within that. Like
1: because you chose it.
2: Yeah. And like there's people that like
1: rejecting. Like, you chose no, yeah. it, and that's the community you're in. This interview's but it, over. But you Done. do.
2: You do kind of choose it subconsciously. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I feel very um, tied, obviously, to the man repeller community because it's it, it's literally like a community that we created and yeah. I'm lucky that I found people like-minded enough but also different enough yeah. to bring in new perspectives and so it's not it's not just a reflection of me it's it's not just several different voices in like echo yeah. chamber yeah. Um, but it it's so special to me and I feel more connected to that community than I do to the fashion community or the Jewish community or the Persian or Turkish community mm. because it's the one that I made for myself you know yeah
2: yeah, that's actually how I feel about it.
1: Yeah, it's so, it's and so I love special. it, and I want
2: it to just like thrive and keep. I want to be like old and still hanging out with these artists, like going to like small little pop-up things and just like get visiting each other's like studios or homes. And mm-hmm. yeah, I like that, and collaborating for the fun of it, really.
1: Yeah, when you think of, we were talking about blossoming before. Yeah, kind of the same thing as blooming, right? I would say so. Yeah. So what, what words, what associations come to your mind when you hear that word, blooming? Because you know, I think um, of those shorts from the 50s. I think of,
2: it's like growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, w- I would say that because it's like, there's a start and there's like a middle and there's an end, uh-huh. so that's essentially what like Unless blooming. Unless you're an orchid. Yes, <laughs> and then it's just like,
1: <laughs> forever. yeah, ongoing. I mean, blooming could mean, I, it's, it is vitality. Right, mm-hmm. it's it's the process of coming to be, yeah, which is so amorphous. Yeah, I think you turned me into an artist.
2: Yeah, do you know what? I was just thinking, paint? be like mixed media, two thousand and eighteen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much for talking to me. This was such a treat. Yeah, this was nice. You're a, was a pleasure. Really yeah. You're a real delight. That was a great conversation, right? Especially the stuff she said. Next up, we have Emma. So what brings you to New York? I mean, I know, but the people don't.
3: (laughs) I'm here for Gucci, the Uh new perfume. I was asked to do these illustrations for their new perfume, Mm -hmm. which is an amazing thing. Really happy, and it was just a great campaign to be part of. Can you share a little bit about the illustrations? I did four about a girl transforming. Quite scientific. I mean, she was like making a little potion to like become a better person or like bloom, blossom into her best self. Mm-hmm. And then it was just herself, but like in a really nice dress and covered with flowers coming down from the ceiling. The, the concept slash notion of
1: transformation is quite yeah. seminal in a lot of your work, right? Yeah. Or integral, I should yeah. say. Why is that?
3: I guess it comes from myself that I feel or I've grown up feeling that you do need to transform or like that you always have to become something else that's better, Mm -hmm. a better version in every aspect of your life. So I guess that's a feeling that I've grown up with Mm -hmm. and I don't like it. And so I try to like break it down into something which I think is like humorous. Do you feel like you've been
1: able to troubleshoot against doing that in your personal life? Yeah.
3: How? Through my illustrations, I guess. Through writing these things down. So all of my drawings come from a thought before. So I never like draw and then I just like always have what I want to say before, so that means I have to have like processed an emotion and a thought before I get to do any work. That's usually, that's how I feel about Instagram. I come up with a caption before I take the yeah. photo. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is the same thing. Yeah, I write long captions to my illustrations as well. They're like rants. How do you say when you talk like subconscious? Yeah, just that's like appropriate well. rants. Yeah. So you live in Rome, huh? I and do. you're from
1: Rome. I am. But your English is fantastic.
3: I'm like a quarter English. Right. So but then you lived in London for a little bit, I did. right? I lived, I went to London to do my degree, and then I stayed on another two and a half years. Why did you go back to Italy? Um, because I had a breakdown. Uh-huh. <laughs> what kind? Just like completely like life, I guess. I wasn't dealing with it very well. I didn't know what I was doing, and. I had graduated in something that I realized I didn't want to do.
1: What did you graduate? In? I
3: did theater, with, but I specialized in performance art. Okay. So I was like, this just isn't practical. Not the illustration is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great career choice. And then I ended up I think up you're doing working. okay for yourself. I think so too. I <laughs> peaked, and now. No, you. We'll no. See.
1: Let's just stop at it. I think so too. Okay. You have not peaked.
3: Okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, you're in the process of blooming. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, so I just found myself living in this city which apparently has like loads of things to offer to everyone, especially if you're creative, mm-hmm. but not quite being able to afford living there. So I was like working full-time in an office and I didn't fit in there either because they were like, what is she doing here? What kind of office? I was working in PR um, and I've always been a very informal person which can go well and it can also like not go well. So I didn't feel like I I was like fitting in very well. Mm -hmm. And then I had like a series of relationships which were just not Good for my self esteem, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because I was criticized in, and this is how I started to do all my illustrations. You're talking about romantic relationships? Yeah, romantic relationships. Which were just like criticized on something wrong with, like, obviously there's something wrong, not wrong with you, but they were just like, oh, you're. A hurricane like your life is just like a bit of a mess and you don't really know what you're doing and this
1: was a common theme in all of the relationships
3: yeah Yeah. what does the word bloom make you think what makes me think of flowers but I guess it just makes me think of transformation more something that's like quite small becoming big and beautiful
1: do you feel like your family your community your friends anyone has
3: impacted your work yeah, absolutely. I think everyone. My family especially. Tell I've me just, more. I grew up in quite a creative family. So mm-hmm. my mother's an art teacher and my father's an architect. and My brother's at art school. So it, I've always had that. It's been a constant in my life mm-hmm. uh, using art as a means of expression, yeah. which has been really good for me. So I've also... Been surrounded by very strong women. My grandmothers, which I guess in Italy it wasn't that common, both worked. My mother's mother moved to England in the 50s by -hmm. herself and that was quite like groundbreaking. Right. Um, From Italy. From Italy. But also there are incredibly emotional people, everyone in my family. I think you have to
1: be emotionally in tune to be strong. Exactly. That's what I
3: was gonna say. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It's beautiful. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that. And so through this like openness of emotions, I guess I've just like always been surrounded by people which I see as being really strong because they're so emotional and like beautiful.
1: That's amazing. Yeah,
3: and my friends are the same.
1: Did you feel accepted and like you had good friends when you were in London?
3: It took me a while, it -hmm. took me a while. Like the first two years, not much. And I was just like not really feeling it at all. I guess I've struggled, I struggled with it there because I wasn't the person that I wanted to be.
1: What do you mean by that? Who did you want to be and who were you? I
3: wanted to be who I am today, which is amazing to say. And at the time I had just felt that I wasn't quite there yet because I was too insecure. Mm because I felt like I should be like doing always more and everyone around me was always better. But it was just in my head.
1: Do you feel like you made a lot of good friends when you were in London?
3: Now, yes. Looking back now, yes. But when I was there, I think it was really hard at the beginning to feel like I was fitting in to a different community. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't understand where I was fitting into it. Because I just remember these like strong feelings of insecurity. Yeah. Like silly things now that I look back and very superficial.
1: Right.
3: Just like going out and when people asked you like, what do you do? I was like, I work in PR. And they're like, okay. And that was the end <laughs> was, of the conversation. I, well, probably because I was going around with people that were like creative and were all illustrators. Because so, that's what I did in my spare time.
1: Right. That you were attracted to that personality. Yeah.
3: But I just like felt like I was kind of a bit of a fraud, maybe. Yeah. Because I wasn't in it full time. Which is quite hard.
1: You mentioned earlier that you felt like you just didn't like who you were. Yeah. Because you didn't feel like you were, you had bloomed into the official version of yourself. Yeah. Which is an interesting concept, also, because oftentimes what I find is that people think that they experience this, like, radical change in mm-hmm. their lives in order to become who they're meant to be. Yeah. And that the previous versions of themselves are all...
3: Wrong. Worse. Yeah.
1: Right, wrong. Fundamentally different. Yeah. But what's so beautiful about blooming an identity, like, specifically identity, Yeah. is that you don't actually change. No. Like, I you're know. you're still
3: you. Yeah, it is amazing. But you only realize that, like, when you're in a better place, I guess. Totally. And you feel, because I I know I'm the same person, but now I like myself and I like the person that I am. I'm not embarrassed of it. Yeah, so I just see blooming as, or I guess like coming of age, Mm -hmm. just like becoming aware of all of yourself.
1: I feel that whenever I'm emotionally in a dark place, the way that I'm able to self-soothe is by remembering versions of myself that I've loved. Yeah. Because if you could love yourself once, you can love yourself again. Yeah,
3: I think once you fall in love with yourself, like, that's it. Yeah, you can't
1: unsee it. That's what they mean when they say you can't unsee things. Yeah. That's good. That is good. Can you tell me a little bit more about some of the motifs in your art?
3: So it's mostly, I mean, it's all girls, and they are all being strong,
1: mm-hmm.
3: even though they can look weak. I just draw like, I just like to represent like what's honest or at least what I think is honest. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty obsessed with honesty. Um, Why? Because, because I felt that people around me weren't being honest and that didn't help me. Um, so, when people write to me and they're like, oh my God, what you do is amazing. Like through Instagram, you can think that everyone else is just like a bit more successful than you and like mm-hmm. living the life. But it's so important to like be honest about how you got to where you are and what you do. And that actually I've like done all the jobs, which I hated, mm-hmm. like I've been. Or you
1: know, while you're in it, how you're getting to where you yeah, want to go. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm so curious about being in transit and what that looks like and how that looks.
3: Yeah, and that's what I want to put out there. But like all of it, not just like the The things that you think are the Uh nice things. Yeah, Yeah, it's really important because people, I guess, tend to show only the good bits or are like excessively negative, as you were saying before, this like, not excessively negative, maybe that's wrong, but like this fad of, I don't know, I don't want to say the wrong thing. But, like, that's
1: bad too. The romanticism. Yeah,
3: romanticizing suffering.
1: Well, so you mentioned earlier that you had endured a string of pretty bad relationships. Are you currently in a relationship? No. Do you feel like if you come into a relationship, you'll start to feel a bit like an imposter? It was very hard for me when I started dating my now husband. I had started Man Repeller six months earlier, and I was like, am I allowed to be dating someone? Yeah. But that's silly, it's like really silly.
3: I know, I know, but I mean most things that I think or that I like trouble myself about, I do realize are really silly, but this is one. I mean, especially with, I mean people interpret my work in so many different ways Mm -hmm. and like it's quite funny, but I think like men maybe can be a bit like good. They just usually go like, oh,
1: about what you do.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's... I mean, maybe I don't want to be, obviously I don't want to be with mm-hmm. someone like that, but I just find it interesting because I don't see it as aggressive yeah. or like dark in any way. Yeah. But some people Such do. Such a
1: specialized occupation makes for a fantastic process of elimination. Yeah. Because you're only going, you know, it's like one day you're going to meet somebody, right? Who's going to be like, wow, or is going to stop you and be like, I'm a huge fan of your work. And it's going to be like in the movie. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, Emma. This thank was such you. a treat. It was. A real delight. And finally, Amber. The person, not the color. Amber. So this is really fun and special and exciting for me because me I'm too. a huge fan of your work and also because My you've gosh. been illustrating for Man Repeller for a little bit. And so I'm wow. so excited that you're part of this Gucci program. Equally as excited. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the work that you created for Gucci.
4: Mm-hmm. So for their Aqua di Fiori in Bloom perfume watch, I created a story of about seven, six or seven illustrations um, depicting a woman traveling, learning about herself, learning about other women, and then starting to draw them. And as she began to draw them, she started to learn how she was changing and involving involve- and, and being inspired by other women around the world. Especially for me, the more that I've had the opportunity to travel mm-hmm. and meet women that are outside of New York City and then outside of the United States, that really has impacted the work that I made both for Gucci and personally just being able to have a broader experience um, in interacting with different women and I their experiences. Yeah. yeah, and I feel that um, over time, I feel I've been illustrating for a few years now, first part How time, long? Um, I'd say like four or five years. And That's amazing. the first few were just for myself. I was very yeah. nervous to kind of put that out to the world. Um, but over time, I feel that meeting other people and gaining confidence from other people really allowed me to start to share my work and then to start to do it professionally.
1: Do you feel like that reinforcement turned into your own reinforcement. Yes. That's so great.
4: Definitely. Yeah. I feel that when other people would see and resonate with my work, they're like, Oh, that woman reminds me so much of myself or an experience that I had in the past that gave me the confidence to keep making and keep sharing what I was making.
1: Because it could totally go either way, right? Yes. You become (laughs) become really addicted to the reinforcement and if you're no longer getting it, yes, uh, you refuse to share and you're afraid to share or it teaches you how to talk to yourself. And I'm lucky that the
4: latter is what happened to me, that I'm able to now have my own confidence in my own work and to be able to share the stories that I've been lucky enough to be a
1: part of. What were you doing before you went full-time?
4: So I went to school to be a graphic designer. So Mm -hmm. I was full-time at a few design agencies and in-house companies. Um, And then it got to a point where I realized I became an art director and I realized I didn't want to climb that ladder and become a creative director and then a group creative director and then a chief creative officer. I realized that wasn't the path for me. I had always been illustrating and I always wanted my work to be in publications like Man Repeller. And I thought that I needed to start going down that path. Mm -hmm. I was going down a path completely opposite of where I wanted to be. So I started to Reach out to people like yourself and say, "Hi, I'm an illustrator. This is my work. I'd really love to work with you. I feel like we have the similar type of ethos." And then, luckily, I've been able to have people reach back out to me and be like, "Yes, let's work together." So it's been really great.
1: Sometimes you get to see these really special things happening in pockets of the internet, and for as much as for as much as we, um, what's the word, chastise what social media and the internet and the constant screen time is doing to us. It's also opened so many incredible doors
4: definitely I feel like traditionally for illustrators you have to find an agent and mm-hmm. then the agent then brings work to you based on your portfolio and now with the um, presence of social media that kind of can eliminate that yeah I'm able to just reach out to someone directly and, and your then, account
1: is kind of your portfolio
4: exactly and having people really resonate and follow along with me in my journey is so wonderful so I feel that Social media has definitely helped me get to where I am today, and I am very thankful.
1: When did you start illustrating?
4: So I've always drawn since I was younger, and when I got to the point where I went to college, I didn't want to pick a specific major. I didn't want to be a painter or a sculptor, and um, I felt that design really allowed me to play with several media. And in those four years of school, I learned that illustration was the most powerful way for me to get across any type of content or theme that I felt was important to me at the time. So from there, I just continued to illustrate.
1: What was the stuff that was important to you then?
4: I feel like when I was younger, I had this fear of growing older and growing apart from people that I so dearly loved. And so that was really what my work was about. It was very abstract and still colorful, so that hasn't changed much, but very abstract and a bit, Um, rooted in fear. And I feel that now as I've gotten older and like kind of survived aging, I guess, and continue to survive growing older, um, my work is now more positive and just like capturing um, the elements of strength in other women.
1: That's kind of a lovely sentiment though, because that also means that you were happy and in a good place. If you were afraid to leave the circumstance and position that you're in means that you were in a good circumstance.
4: 100%.
1: How do you feel like your work speaks to the strength and empowerment of women?
4: I feel that for me, since I was younger, going to different art galleries and art museums and then being fed all this advertising of women, um, women were or are still um, kind of portrayed in a very specific way. And as I experience and meet different women throughout life, that that isn't the same, I just Mm -hmm. feel like the art history and perception of women isn't accurate. So for me, I wanted to make work of women by a female artist and wanted to be as honest and accurate as I could be with the essence of the woman I was portraying within my work, if that makes any sense. When I was younger, I remember I was just drawing like in the living room and my mom kind of stopped me and she was like, would you ever wanna do this for your life and I was like, nah, I want to be a lawyer like Uncle David. I was like, mm. he seems pretty happy. And she was like, okay. And then I would just continue drawing. How old were you? I was probably like 10. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. He, I was like, yeah, he buys me nice things. So that sounds like a is, nice life. Is, is it
1: like that what constituted happiness for you?
4: I mean, and that's when my mom kind of stopped me and she was like, you have to do what you love and that's what's going to make you happy. Like you don't don't let money get in your way right. of deciding what you want to be when you grow older. Like, figure out what you love to do, and that might take time. You might yeah. not know until you're in your thirties, and that's okay. But do what you love to do, and or you will have a happy or life. Like 40s or sometimes your forties or fifties, or forties. Yes, really. Right? And, like, and sometimes you something that you thought made you happy once. Over time, you realize that that changes. Um, so that really kind of opened my eyes to pursuing art as a career. So um, in school, my parents really always supported my work and supported my thoughts behind my work and how they've evolved over time. Mm -hmm. Um, They're pretty incredible. right? Yeah. And obviously
1: it was very impactful because it's still on your mind. Yes. Tell me more about this coming of age thing that's so important for you.
4: Yeah. So I feel that as I'm growing older and as I'm learning more and seeing more, I love to include elements of that story within my work and then elements of that story from other women within my work as well. So it was really nice to have um, a project that felt that was equally as important to them as it was to me.
1: What do you think you would be doing now if you didn't start illustrating full time? no idea (laughs) because you probably would have left graphic design anyway huh yeah or maybe I don't know I feel it's really hard by the way to take yourself out of a circumstance that's like comfortable when you're on a fixed road yes like I was really afraid of astrology for a long time because I was like this is I'm on this road so you I can't like go to an astrologer and have this person tell me that I need to
4: I want to go to an astrologer that's on my don't
1: don't do that
4: (laughs) Um, but yeah I want to go just to I'm always curious about other people's point of, points of view, especially on me or the life that I'm currently living. But I don't know what I would be. I'd probably still be on that you art director. You know you can
1: just, like, call me yeah. and we can talk about that. Yes. No, definitely. I don't see the future,
4: but... But it's close enough. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would probably say I'd still be on that art director path. Yeah. And hopefully maybe at a company that... Um, resonated more with me personally versus just finding a job because it sounded remotely interesting like really holding out for someone that
1: what didn't feel right about it like if if I were I'm asking because I'm wondering if I were in a position where I wasn't super happy but was like doing a job that I thought I always wanted would I think that it was the job that was making me unhappy or would I like blame it on everything else in my life
4: (sighs) I think I did a combination. I remember at the point, so when I was at, I was at a a social media ad agency, and everything made me upset. Like I would step on gum and like, it'd be like the world ended. And I started to realize that I was changing, but not for the better. So that's when it started to click like, what where is this negativity coming from for everything? Like you could clean your shoe. it's gum. Um, so that's Adam, when gum is a little It is annoying, sticky. but yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's when I started to search as to what is the crux of this unhappiness. And I realized that getting up every morning and going to work made me really upset and it affected my relationships. I was very fortunate that my family and my boyfriends and my friends were all very understanding, but I was definitely in like a bit of a dark place. I was like, I don't wanna be here. Like I haven't been here for very long. I'm not really a fan. I wanna go back to where I was. So that's when I started to make a conscious effort to figure out what would make me 100% happy. And I always drew in sketchbooks and drew for myself and drew for my friends and family. And I was like, that's something. right? So I started to do that on a bigger scale, and then it kind of boiled up to where I am now.
1: Do you ever find that because it's full-time and it's your work now, um, your hobby or, or the thing that you did for yourself has sort of been like stolen from you? No,
4: which I was afraid of. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, well, I'm gonna have to find a new hobby, which I have other hobbies as well, but that was my favorite. Um, I think it's just really nice to be able to get paid for something that you love to do and to be able to sustain your life on it. So I'm pretty lucky that that hasn't happened and hopefully it won't happen in the future.
1: Yeah. So what does blooming mean to you? I would say...
4: Bloomsville! Bloomsville. I would say the word that comes to mind is becoming. The ability to start growing into oneself, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense.
1: You say ability. Why ability? I feel like... It's an interesting word choice.
4: Yeah, I feel that for me to bloom, it takes a lot of work Mm -hmm. to figure out who you are and to grow into yourself. That if you are, um, you know, able to figure that out and like kind of go through that process of finding out who you are... I think it's so wonderful, but it doesn't happen for everyone so quickly. Um, I think I'm fortunate that I'm young enough that it is already starting to happen. Um, so yeah, I would say becoming.
1: Do you feel like we're ever not becoming or blooming? Um,
4: I think for brief moments of time, yes. And definitely that time period where I was kind of struggling. I think you are in a sense becoming, but not actively. as realized, yes, or not as actively as um, you are when you are doing something that you love. So I think it's becoming or blooming in a different way. Yeah. Not in a literal sense, if that makes yeah.
1: sense. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. Because I think about it now. Every time I feel like a frog in water and I can like start to sense the water getting hotter, so to speak, I'm like, i got to jump out of the water. Yeah. And it's happening really slowly, but I'm going to die if I stay in the boiling water.
4: For sure. You know? Yeah. No, but I, I think. Not literally. No. <laughs> Emotionally. No, <laughs> I feel. I feel that. No, exactly. I feel that when you're becoming yourself... You're, it's not like a straight upwards bloom. It's definitely to the left or to the right, wherever the sun is, wherever the rain is. Um, so I definitely. That was
1: so poetic. Oh,
4: thank you. I have but. my moments. <laughs> I am not a writer, but I have we, my we moments. You can turn
1: that into a song. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, but yeah, so I feel that um, becoming yourself and blossoming definitely happens not parallel or mm-hmm. upwards and downwards.
1: Would it be fun if it did, huh?
4: No, yeah. It'd be a little boring. Yeah.
1: How would you define an artist? Do you feel like everyone's an artist?
4: I do, in a sense. I feel that if you are creating something, then and you are an artist. Who's not creating? Exactly. Right? Um, but whether or not um, you pursue that as your life is different. So yeah. I feel that like you can make art and be an artist for an hour, uh-huh. or you could be an artist for your entire lifetime. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people will ask me like, "Oh, you don't have like a, a studio in Brooklyn, so you could work larger and with paint again." And I was like. I might, but the idea of like getting up and being like, okay, time to make the things um, is yeah. pretty nice and not having to commute there and commute back. Like I'm very much the type of person that I don't mind my work mixing with my life. Like right. I don't need to keep them separate. Yeah. I know that a lot of people do, um, but yeah, working from my apartment is pretty nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm, I feel very similarly. We have like a, Man Repeller has a very flexible work from home policy oh, that's because- awesome. I mean, I love to work from anywhere, and yeah. so I feel like if I like it, I'm sure other employees do, but if they want to be in an office, by all means. To the point where like, I'm so obsessed with nice weather and warm weather. Working from that, outside. Yeah, and if it's nice, I will go outside and like block off 20 minutes to answer emails. Yes. Like This is a thing that does not need to be done at my computer.
4: Yeah, and you can so, be done anywhere, yeah. which is awesome.
1: Yeah.
4: I'm definitely the type of person that will, like, look up and be like, I haven't eaten. Like, that's why my stomach's like, hey, remember me? I'm still here. So... I'm definitely trying to figure out a way to like take breaks or do things differently yeah. and not just like completely draw all of the time. So I'm gonna take that out. Oh, see, I'm
1: kind of a procrastinator, so I use things like food and drink to... So that's
4: productive procrastination though. <laughs> you're like I have to eat and I have to drink something. So but, so
1: what I'll need to do in the morning is if I'm on deadline and like a story is due immediately, I will not allow myself to have the coffee until, until like, after <laughs> yeah like I have to eat because then I'm gonna like start of course. seeing spots. Yeah. but, I won't allow myself to have the coffee until after I finish, like and then the that's like my treat. Oh I love that. I don't that. need coffee to write, you know?
4: I'm, I'm taking notes on this. I'm definitely gonna apply both of those yeah, to my… Yeah, that's good.
1: Concurrent rewarding. I think that's what they call it. Yeah. I read that on like Fast Company once. <laughs> that's awesome. Like how to be more productive. <laughs>
4: reward yourself uh-huh. with coffee. No. That's yeah, or amazing. ice cream. I do that or too ice when the weather's nicer. Cream. Yes. So smart.
1: Oh Amber. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you so much for having me. This has been the best conversation of my life. Thank you. Mine too. Thanks for hanging out and listening. I don't know if you can hear the ice cream truck behind me, but there is one behind me, so I'm going to go and get a sprinkle cone. Once again, this was Monocycle, and I am,
0: you know who, Malcolm Gladwell. We hope you enjoyed this episode produced by Man Repeller for their podcast Monocycle, hosted by Leandra Medin. You can see all the artist's work, inspired by the ideas of Gucci Bloom Aqua di Fiori in the link provided in this episode's notes.